Hello there, Ome. Thank you for listening to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast. In this episode, which is the second half of our seventh session in the campaign, there is a good bit of exposition as Prokop and Ice's motivations begin to be revealed. In the shadows of Seattle, the past and the debts accrued in it lurk like a horde of ghouls. The team also spends a good bit of quality time at Greasy Bends in Renton before returning to Samovar and Prokop Skillful. Cecile is confused. Grace does not feel safe. Boxer is a kid in a candy store. And Deander looks for a sword that does not do physical damage. Listen, chummers, we value your time and hope you are enjoying the experience. If you are enjoying our podcast or want to tell us how badly we are butchering the rules, please let us know on our Discord. If you are listening to us on a service that allows you to rate us, please do so. Help us to hack that algorithm with a five-star review. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening, and hope you will continue to do so, and spread the word to your friends. Stay safe, conserve your ammo, scrub that data trail, and need I really say it? Don't make deals with dragons. Um, so Dean there, you had, you had let everybody know that there's a meet with Mr. Johnson set up. Is there anything else that you guys are going to be doing in the meantime? Dean there would probably go to a shooting range. If there, there would be one in Seattle. Uh, I imagine there are plenty. And Virtually everybody just, in Seattle carries some kind of firearm and is going to need some kind of place to train on it. She'd just buy some ammunition for her, uh, Manhunter and like spend a couple hours shooting just to cool off some steam all right um cecile you've bought your programs your software yep cecile's all ready to go minus the fact that she's still wearing normal clothes all right so uh around 6 p.m you guys are gonna assemble at uh greasy ben's was it <laughs> greasy ben or greasy bill mm-hmm. i think it was ben greasy ben's yeah you guys are assembling at Greasy Ben's, and uh, this time, to your surprise, Mr. Johnson is already there waiting for um, his uh, his cologne is, is overpowering the uh, the scent of uh, barbecue, much like it did last time. And uh, he is dressed in a uh, you know his standard what you saw him in last time his wannabe shadow runner kind of garb.
and otherwise just as unpleasant as he was the first time you met. I think so. I would be very glad to be wearing <laughs> wearing her rebreather. Um, Ginder <laughs> goes from like kind of blank face to like a like passively annoyed face. I guess you could say. <laughs> Passively annoyed face. Mm-hmm. She's she's moved to resting bitch face. Yeah, the smell of uh, the smell of the, uh, the the aerosol clone black shadow hangs over this guy like a fog, and uh, it'd almost be a good smell if it was just less. <sighs> yeah, you know, and he's 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 regained some of his false bravado and gruff manner um, as you approach. You know pretending to be a, a shadow runner and a Mr. Johnson. And uh, <laughs> you guys pull into the booth with him. He's like, all right, so you got, you, you found Kimmy? She's okay? Yes. All right, then where is she? She is currently training it's, to become a knight errant officer at the academy. I think Deandre would literally grab Cecile and stop her. Like cover her mouth? Mm-hmm. Cecile looks at you very annoyed. <laughs> That's not the information you got. Oh, yes, the money, of course. Um, Frag, how do we do this again? Like, I pass it to you when you tell me, or what's the protocol here, guys? No, we, we told you what you asked already. What's the message you had for her? Deandre, we haven't relayed the message yet. Yes, we're asking for the message now. Is not know the message. Ah, right, well, look, Did we? I, want her, I need her to call me. I need to know that she's okay. Uh, I did not say she needed to call you, sir. Do not change the agreement after we've made it. Well, how, how am I supposed to know that she's okay otherwise? You hire us to make sure she's okay. We pass along your message, and then you pay us. <clears throat> he looks a little annoyed, but, but I don't know that she's okay. You have you a word. If you didn't trust us, why did you hire us? Well, do you, do you have any proof that she's okay? Do you have... A, Aside from your word, you could have just... We will get a recording of her responding to your message, and we will give that to you. However, if you would like us <coughs> to give you her exact location, that is extra. Much oh, extra. Yeah, that's Perhaps you could save up and contact us later. Alright. Get the recording, and then let her know that she should please give me a call. Absolutely. Fine. This is... Oh, by the way, Mr. Johnson, says the dog. What? <laughs> he looks startled. Please go a little lighter on the cologne, because I can barely hear myself think over its volume. Thank you. It's volume. And then she, uh, promptly, like, squirms underneath the table and gets out from the booth. <laughs> what is that? It's a That's, dog. It's just a dog. I don't get it. What do you see? Don't worry, sir. We have associates who prefer to take on a more anonymized appearance. You understand. It's a dog, Sissian. Just a dog. With an effort, you can see him pulling himself together. Like, he knows that, you know, from the trids that shadow runners come in all shapes and forms. And, you know, he's he's trying to be a shadow runner, so he's trying to pretend like he's okay with the situation. (laughs) It's like that guy in the burning building. It's a spider ant dog. What? No, 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 no. It's it's a uh, it's an at and it's an it's a it's an Atslan bulldog terrier. Yeah, totally. All right, so, all right, come on, guys. So what's 
What's the timeline here, right? Give me something. So um, far all you've told me is that you know that she's alive. We know that she is alive. We know where she is. Um, we are presumably going to contact her within the next... Within the day, really. Has your contact gotten back to us at all, uh, Boxer? Ah, uh, did he? Not yet. Distracted by all the excitement. <laughs> or maybe. No, he hasn't. Not yet. He did say that he would he would make some calls. And... All right. So uh, at that point, uh, I guess Mr. Johnson gets up and uh, and leaves. Perfect. Uh, Cecile? I don't know what Cecile does yet. What is everyone else doing? I think Deandre is waiting for the uh, Mr. Johnson to leave while staring daggers at Cecile. <laughs> he really does smell terrible. <laughs> That's why I wear this. That's why I wear this. I probably wear mine more often. You know the shit that's in the air? You of all people would need it more. Nightingale is actually snarling at this point, just kind of watching the Johnson go and then just, just staring in the general direction he had gone. I, I think, think Deandre would like tap her uh, head close to her eyes and be like, it hasn't adapted to the city yet, so I'm clear for the time being. Any day now, though. I think I like that guy less than I like you guys. That's saying something. My goodness, that is saying something. <laughs> Thanks, eyes. Yeah. When he said that, he sort of was looking directly at Deandere. <laughs> I I'd have ha- expected some go-go-go to lynch me when I saw him the first time. Now, now, don't be so harsh on our compatriot. Cecile. He didn't choose to be racist. Norm girl, look me in the eyes and tell me he doesn't look like a go-go-go. Straight off of I-5. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, a go gang is like a motorbike gang in, uh... No, I know Thailand. that. Cecile is like, what the fuck are you talking about? What a, a, a go-go-go straight off of I-5 is? <laughs> She's looking at you like you lost the ability to speak. A go-go gang. No, a go-go gang. Uh, oh, uh, Didri would pull out of her comic and pull up pictures of, uh, her in, like, the full police gear in, like, the middle of a massive arrest of Gokogos in, uh, in Karasir. He's just like, yo, observe. Ah, observe. a cop? Was. <laughs> Lovely. So when you're saying that, are you saying that about Mr. Johnson or about Ice? About Ice. Oh. I- I've told him before that I thought he looked like a Goku, so. Yeah, he found that mildly amusing. I, I think she, like, scrolls through her pictures for a bit and then eventually comes to, like, the mugshot of one of them and turns it and it looks like Ice's, like, brother or something. It, they just look really similar. Blonde, blue-eyed, yellow hair. Tattoos are different, though. Yeah, tattoos are probably pretty different. He just looks at the, the picture and he says, yeah, I can't help it that some of these people, uh, some of these scum look just like me. Yeah. They're just as lost as everybody else in this world. Oh, I think most of them are dead now. Yeah, most of the people I ran with are dead too. The Shears prisons uh, aren't kind to go I just can't take that name seriously. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, know, I knew what a go-ganger was, but when you were just like, go-go-go, I was like, what? Excuse me? Go-go-go! <laughs> go-go-go. Go-go-go. 
Is Deandra oh, having yeah. a stroke? <laughs> Is she having an old she's, woman moment? She's not, she's not old enough to have a stroke yet. Yet. You can yeah. never be too young to have a stroke. Uh, this is true. Ice is probably old enough to have a stroke. Probably a name like that. Uh, anyway, um, the seal says, so, you, what are we doing? Because I have what I need to do my job now. Uh, what are you all doing? Well, we're waiting, I suppose. Good, we can to go contact. somewhere that doesn't feel bad. Yeah, uh, I agree. Also, um, in the future, uh, I want at least half of our payment up front, especially if they're going to smell that bad. <laughs> just, uh, just putting that out there. Understandable. Understandable. I can I tell agree. you, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. I says, yeah. Well. Speaking of ice, do you have an escrow service that you uh, use often? An escrow service? Don't tell me you don't know what an escrow service is. I have no idea what an escrow service is. Oh, uh, explain to like the older members in the audience, please. An, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, uh, an escrow service is somebody who holds on to the funds while you're doing the job, and then once you give them the information, they give you the money. Huh, interesting concept. Never heard of it. It's, uh... Maybe Ice can be our escrow next time. That's not how that Since works. Since he likes us so much. Not how that works. You're only slightly more competent than the Mr. Johnson, so, you know. Speak for yourself, Ice. So we have no. two ways in and we're waiting for your smile. There's absolutely no way anybody in the shadows is ever using an escrow service. You don't think so? Not really. I've never heard of it. I wouldn't Pretty want common in the hacker scene. Yeah, I guess that's kind of shadows. Well, no, that's that's different. It's crime in the devil box. Crime in the devil box. I wonder how they all got through the crash. I can sort of see that. Crime in the devil box. Anyways, look, people. Can we get this wrapped up? I think I feel like we're right there. Sure. Let's go somewhere less. <laughs> she starts walking out. Uh, Ice looks down at his order of... Uh, Old pork and takes one last bite and pushes it away from him. You could take it with you, you know. No, nah, it's alright. How it's do you know if it's not worth it? It's a little bit disgusting. <laughs> what else were you expecting here? I swear, they put oil into their food. Well, I mean, technically it's soy. Ew, <sighs> it would be disgusting. It's just that fucking spiced soy shit. Ugh. Spice in quotation marks. I can taste it. <laughs> what would the... Taste in the air. Oh what god, would soy stop. spam be like? Oh. Terrible. Regular spam is already questionable. You mean so it would be better than spam? I would imagine it'd have a much worse texture. Spam is kind of okay though. It's just really salty. Super salty. Death by salt. Alright, so what do we gotta do? We gotta talk to we gotta talk to Kimmy. We gotta get in touch with this girl Kimmy and let her know that this Mr. Johnson hang on a second. How the hell are we this guy's an idiot. How the hell are we supposed to tell her that she's supposed to call him when we don't even know his name? Uh, just, find out, I can find out. Just name. say, just say that one. Yeah, that one. You know, like you know she that was fucking say? creep that like probably was creeping on you and being a creepy creep creep. Hey, there's uh, this he wants guy to talk who to hired you. us because he's a fucking creep. Creep, creep. Wait, where did they work together? Was it? It was Boeing, right? 
Correct. Okay, yeah, I feel like we could say your manager from Boeing, and she would immediately understand. And immediately cringe. For frag's sake, this whole, I don't know what Prokop was thinking. Did I tell you guys that this guy's been chopping this job around? And, oh, uh, yes, you none did. None of the other fixers took this on. I'm surprised Brown Dog didn't take it. It's something he would take. That does not sound complimentary. Like got some sense. He probably wouldn't get far enough south to get to Brown Dog, though. I have no idea why Prokop took this on. He thought it would be some kind of good introductory job for you, but my god. I almost feel bad for you. Well, I may be able to get into the academy via, you know, haunting the astral and get to just confirm that the person is actually there. You can't really convey a message, though. Yes, I can. I would stay away from that place in the astral. They'll have security. There's mm. no way they don't have astral security. Probably yeah. got hellhounds or something. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Lone Star was bad, but Night Errant's really bad. Night Errant probably has some whizworm looking for them. <laughs> but what if, what if, what if I mission impossible a bit? The what? <laughs> it's this trid. It's not lame. Far from impossible, people. Uh, I mean, like the the hardest thing they do is like rappel down through a ceiling light from a helicopter. I think that just sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 That's not how it goes. That trid came out <laughs> sixty years ago now, maybe more. It looks at Gracie. How do you even know it? Can throw the pony over the fence. Hey. I, I, w I watched it with Miss Magnumfoot. Where's she getting these old treads? I don't know. Sure, that's a good idea. No, it's a terrible idea. I was kidding. Yes. Mm. Wait, fence as in like the fence. Well, Boxer, has your contact gotten back to you? Yeah, at this point, Boxer's calm does ring, and it is Vicente. So speak of the devil. She accepts. She takes it. That's uh, internal, so they wouldn't be able to hear. Hey, Boxer. Hey, what info you have for me? Uh, yeah. Kimberly Antonson is a, uh, a new cadet. Well, she's not new anymore. She enlisted about six months ago. She's just about finishing up her training. Um, nothing unusual. Uh, looks like she's got some of the highest marks in her class. Um, <laughs> outstanding recruit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Tell me, sir. Uh, would it be possible for us to set up a visit to her? Uh, you, Boxer had her had her comm link uh, on private. Ah, my bad. Because it's in her head. All right, anytime, Boxer. Stay out of trouble. Anytime. You too. So what did your contact say? Apparently, she, apparently she's doing very well for herself over there. Top of a class and such. A very promising recruit. Say if we could meet her? Well, she's near the end of her training, which means we won't have long. But meeting her? I don't know. I went to Night Errant last night, asked after her, gave my card. And I don't know. Are you guys still in the greasy? Are you still in greasy bends or are you, have you moved? We out? left. I don't know where we are now. I think we're, we might just be like standing outside. <laughs> we. I I feel like it would have made it would make sense for us to have like gotten in the van or something. Get in the van. Get in the van. You guys are all in the van. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. going on an adventure in the van. 
All right, so van adventure. are driving with with me in it. I'd rather get on my bike and follow. So, all right. So, Deandir, you see, is anybody going with Deandir? Mm. All right. Everybody, make a perception check as you guys are sort of parting ways on the street to get on your vehicles after this little confabulation. Two, <gasps> two. Did uh, <laughs> uh, you guys are. Uh, at least consistent. Yeah. Um, there is a knight errant cruiser parked behind the van. Right. And as you approach it, Dean Dare, you're seeing this too as you're headed towards your bike and the rest of the group's headed towards the van. Um, the driver's side door opens and a man gets out. Um, at first glance, he's got a striking resemblance to Ice. Same kind of older Caucasian male um human variant, military haircut, um, you know, strongly built, very fit, and uh, wearing a, uh, a knight errant uniform um, with some kind of rank on it. And he walks towards you as you guys are heading towards the van. And you hear ice sort of hiss under his breath, like a almost an involuntary exclamation of some kind of emotion. Mm. A man walks up to you and clearly blocking your path and looks you up and down and says, uh, so you're the guys looking for my recruit. Oh, this is correct, sir. Let's head on inside and have ourselves a quick chat. Uh, certainly. Bark! like comes back but still has her bicycle helmet under her arm. So you guys go back in um, take a seat at the booth and the man looks at you says what do you have dinner's on me yeah I don't eat at places like this Ice is just sitting there saying he doesn't say anything anybody else Sorkaf thank you I will pass so it suit yourself no need to be coy though it's not that kind of a visit what about the doggy uh, you... sometimes the dog wants fruit juice I think they actually like milk what if we just give him the rest of uh, Ice's dinner? Hey, Ice, are you still eating? <laughs> <laughs> Looks enough like dog food. Ice scowls at you. you. He's obviously trying to tell you something with the look, but you can't quite make it out what he's trying to convey. Um, Can I judge intentions? Sure. I would also like to judge intentions. Who? <laughs> excited. Ooh, wow, okay. <laughs> I guess I don't even need to roll. Oddly enough, in spite of the fact that Ice obviously doesn't like Dean Dare for some reason, Dean Dare and Ice seem to have a fairly decent rapport. And uh, you can tell that Ice is basically trying to tell you guys to either leave him out of this or not talk to him or not, you know, not draw any attention to him. Ah, okay. Um, an orc waitress pulls up and throws a couple of menus on the table and then looks at you guys. Weren't you guys just in here? Yeah. We, were. we wanted seconds. We were talking to a friend of ours. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> well, when another friend of yours shows up and they just want some greasy Delicious yeah. food. You just have to come in again, I guess. While, uh, while they're all talking about this, uh, I want to I wanna dig on um, how the, uh, the officer's aura looked throughout this, like, whenever he was initially approaching us, and then also now that he's sitting with us, I imagine he's not actually all that combative, it's just... 
No, he's not. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have any aggressive intent against towards you. He doesn't trust you or like you. Um, so he's got some. He's got definitely got a strong antipathy towards you, and uh, he has a sort of um, a sort of arrogant confidence to him that is typical of a of a cop. Anyways, but other than that, he's definitely uh, he's totally mundane, aside from some some minor cyberware that you see in him. That's probably a, a data jack and um, some other stuff, but it's nothing, no major holes in his aura. Yeah. Uh, Nightingale is going to skirt underneath the table and cast Mind Link on, um, well, just Cecile and, uh, and Boxer, mainly because she doesn't want to feel the sting of the Feld spell again. Ouch. Um, and I think she would, she would communicate that, uh, like, he, uh, he thinks that we're a bunch of crooks. He also thinks that we're stupid kids. Um, Plant his confidence. Smiley emoji. <laughs> smiley emoji over mind net. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a psychic pony smiley emoji. No, it's a it's a psychic imprint of the pony's face smiling. Which oh is God, God. Does anybody have any uh, police knowledge? Anything of law enforcement? I do. Uh, actually, see. I have knight errant knowledge. You want to roll that for us? Sure. All yours, Dandre. Dandere. I have uh, no forensics. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. No modifiers, right? Uh, nah, no modifiers now. Shadow community. It's probably going to be bad. Oh, three. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, so you recognize the, uh, the uniform and the insignia, obviously. This man is uh, has the rank of a sergeant, but um, you can tell from the various ribbons and other direct decorations on the uniform that he's a, a very highly decorated officer who uh, is probably now in charge of training cadets and things like you see some ribbons that are related to like hand-to-hand combat, small arms, small unit tactics, that type of stuff. And he says, uh, he picks up the menu and then he throws it, tosses it back down and again, he looks at the, the orc waitress who says, yeah, just give me the usual Judy. And uh, oh. she says, yep, absolutely, Sergeant. And she heads off. And he looks at you guys and he says, name's Sergeant Ansel. Hello, you, Sergeant Ansel. You guys are? Um, Hi. Well, I think I know who you are. You're Dean Dip was Calmay. Yeah, you, were in, you stopped by the facility last night looking for uh, Kimberly, right? Yep. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I appreciate it if you would enlighten me. Oh, well, we met someone recently, and they were a little bit worried about her, old co-worker, so we figured we'd ask around. You know, we're good at this sort of thing. Ah, one of those, huh? Yeah, we get that every now and then. We're very protective of our new cadets. It would seem we were very surprised when she hadn't said anything on her, uh, her Horizon account for a long while. Yeah, Matrix access is denied for the first six months of training. Keeps them focused, keeps them from uh, doing foolish things and uh, giving away our training methods. Uh, also, keeps them from being a target for people who want to, uh, you know, people like you guys looking for an in at night errand, trying to get in with our cadets. 
Is that what's oh, going on here? Oh, no, 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 not at all. We wanted a knight errant. I'd just join that, but we just needed to... So who hired you? No one hired us. A friend just wanted us to, to pass along a message. They were worried. Okay. He, uh, also, I'm in private military. It's different. Yeah, the, you, guys uh, are, you guys are shadow runners, right? I mean, let's let's just call it speed. Military. Right? He points uh, at Dander. She's fired. He looks at Boxer. Fired's a strong word. You're an ex-merc, and from what I hear, not on the good side of your ex-company. He looks at Cecile. He said, "You're a college kid who's getting in over her head. I don't know what your deal is." And he looks at Ice and he says, "You're some old dude." He run out of money trying to get like back in the shadows or what's going on Oop. so yeah you guys are shadow runners you're looking for somebody somebody hired you all right yeah. i'll level with you we don't like this guy who hired us we just want the paycheck we aren't trying to do anything untoward we just need to get a recording of her saying like hi don't ever talk to me how about yep. if you get a recording of me saying that because I'm not going to let any sketchy people get close to my cadets for anything. No, 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 no. We, don't, we don't need to get close to her. We can just call her a comlink or a communal one if, you know, confiscated that at the door. He gives you sort of a, a feral grin and, and says, you know, I'd rather I'd rather find out who your Mr. Johnson is and just make them go. <laughs> <laughs> we As... wouldn't get paid if that were the case. Eh, fair enough. Although, I will say, if you are willing to match or exceed his bid, you might be able to come to an agreement. <laughs> Dragon Shadowrunners. I'm not a Shadowrunner. I'm just, uh, hired help. A patrol to the dirty cop and him. This would this would be good for him. He could say that he protected her. <laughs> Hold it against her. Or for her? You understand what I mean. Future. It would be good because he apparently values this person very much. Yeah, she doesn't say that out loud. That's over the mind net. Can you make a a sensing test? Yes, I can. Yeah. Why aren't we doing a sensing test for Grace? And she's um, dual-natured and can see in the astral, and you're Ooh. trying to get a, a read on this guy. Yeah, yeah, underneath of all the bluster and bravado, um, whenever he says the word Shadowrunner, you get the distinct impression that there is... He dislikes Shadowrunners the way Ice dislikes elves. <laughs> so... Shadow racist! <laughs> <laughs> this realization is, like, burned into their minds. He is Shadow racist. <laughs> Boxer actually winces at that. Yeah, and even though he is obviously... He's a... He's a cop, and he considers himself a cop. There's a tinge of hypocrisy. He's got, he's got a secret too. Mm-hmm. All right. So what'll it be? So you're not going to give me the Mr. Johnson, and I'm not going to give you Kimmy. Seems like we're at an impasse. Oh, Kimmy. I. Wait, 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 wait. Over I'm the mind like to Remind you, sir. We haven't done anything illegal. We're just asking questions. Yeah, I, I didn't say you did anything illegal, but. You're gonna, and I'll be watching. <laughs> Nightingale. Oh, names, Nightingale says that uh, over the mind net that um, like remind him that this person is creepy, 
and possibly dangerous, and they're probably going to keep escalating unless something is done. Either we can kill this uh, quick and easy, or we can give him access to the Johnson for a little bit more so that he can set them straight. But something has to be done, or otherwise, um, well, everyone's going to go home frustrated and disappointed. Look, look, sir, we're, we're not fond of this, uh, I don't even know what to call him, scumbag, basically. Uh, we, in fact, haven't even told him, well, them, that we know where she is, right? That we haven't told her anything. We haven't told them anything about Kimmy, except that we know she is alive, all right? We don't really want our employer to know where she is. We're more or less on the same side here. If you want to take him in for some questions, you know, figure out what his deal is, that's okay, but we we don't work for free. He grins. Shadow runners with a conscience. Never thought I'd be day. He says very sarcastically. You'll understand when you meet the man. Yes. Alright. Look. Let's do it this way then. I'll get you the recording of Kimmy saying the guy should this guy should stay the frag away from her and you tip me off where the meat is where you drop it off. Once you get paid I'll move it. How's that sound? Amenable? That's for more money. That works perfectly well for me. But I can't say yes, what the rest But with the um, hmm we say slight adjustment. How about we call you in once we're finished? You know how it'd look if we were around when the guy got caught? He shrugs. We are running a business after all. He shrugs. Fair enough. And uh, at that point, Judy shows up with a platter of uh, pulled pork and other nasty-looking meat <laughs> product and a uh, pitcher of beer and bubbly liquid. And he's uh, he starts tucking in. And he says, he puts a card on the table, an actual physical paper card. My card, you can call me at this number. Certainly. Have a good evening, officer. I think DeAndre picks up the card and then like, I apologize. I cannot hand you my card because my office number is wrong. He snorts. Ah, office number wrong. It is. And I, I pull out an old card. It's like six months old. It still says an address in like, Parasir. And it's all in Spirithil. Alright, he takes it. Seal's already leaving. Like, yep. even the numbers are written in Spearfell, too. It's like... He looks at it, percent. and he just drops it back on the table and keeps eating. Ice is right behind Cecile. <laughs> he can't get out of there fast enough. Nightingale is tagging along. He's kind of whinging in the mind net about, Why do you ask for more money? Ice, I think Deandre is the last you had a problem with cops. And she probably does something that you will never see her do to a, a, a human again. She bows to this man. Wow. He is a total uh, bad person and ignores you. How dare he? That little monster. I spit on the floor after I leave. So much for the thin blue line, am I right? In his case, it's the black and gold line. Black line? Did you say that black line? I'm pretty sure the, the Peace Force in Karasir wears something like green. Night Aaron is black and gold. Mm-hmm. All right, so what happens now, guys? Ice, are you all right? You you seem stressed in there. Yeah, it doesn't actually take a whole lot of a sensing test from any of you to see that uh, 
he's looking a little he's Is looking he sort of, you could almost say he's seen a ghost <laughs> he said yeah we need to get the frag out of here we need to get back to samovar okay well i look at ice you riding with me or are you riding in the van uh he's torn like Tony's gonna be driving the van. The elf is gonna be driving the bike. <laughs> Shit, Wordo, what do I do? Well, um, obviously, the pony is more trustworthy. Tell you what, Ice, I'll take a cat. I'll go with Cecile. <laughs> <laughs> I think Deander does spit on the ground again and says something in Spirit Bell. Yeah, at this point, you've been like disrespected sort of twice in a row, and it's probably mm-hmm. getting a little old. I think. Whatever the equivalent of grumbling in Spirithel is, she does as she walks away, which I imagine sounds pretty strange. Fragging racist humans. Damn human uh, norms. Fragging racist normies. <laughs> Normie. <laughs> All right, what do you or, think? So uh, everybody's headed back to Samovar, or are you guys going other directions? Samovar. 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 <laughs> All right. Not going to do the whole astral projection thing this time. <sighs> did you read? Uh, did you read up, Grace Elizabeth? Ah, uh, oh yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> I uh, I started and then I got distracted. All right. So I I haven't read it. Is uh is any of it immediately pertinent? Um, I imagine that Grace's perception of Samovar and the people in it would be very different if we had role-played the last session with her astral perception. And that's sort of what I tried to get across in that stuff that I wrote for you. Okay. Um, I'll skim over this. Yeah, you can probably just pick out the pertinent parts pretty quickly. Um, I'm right for the rest of us to read it. I assume you censored it for a reason. Well, I oh, censored um, it because it was it's it's Grace's perception of the uh, the meeting with Prokop at Samovar. So it's more of a the only reason I sent. There's no reason you can't read it. It's just that you it's if we had been role playing if I had been role playing it properly the last session you would have heard these things anyway. So ah, uh, sweet because I'm curious. Uh, I did forget to mention earlier that uh, Dindre looks completely different in all of her photos of her. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh she yeah. Looks... <laughs> Cecile was probably looking at those like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you showing me a picture of a cop? <laughs> yeah. I think Deandre just did not explain. Okay, so Cecile's still like, what? Who is this weird green person? <laughs> yeah, and I think probably uh, what's his name, Jim? Not Jim. Yeah, Jim Ansel. When he looked at it, he probably didn't understand it either, but he just didn't really care either. Yeah, so you guys, uh, Grace and Boxer are in the van, Seal and Ice are in a grid guide, and Deandere's headed out on a bike. Are you guys hanging together, or are you sort of all going your own way? I guess the grid guide's probably just going its own way. So call it about a half an hour later, um, you once again pull up behind... uh, into the industrial area of Tacoma and back into the back alley behind Samovar, sort of, you see the uh, the outwardly disused appearing industrial building, the loading dock. Um, the loading dock, again, has uh, got some security personnel standing around. And uh, Grace, you, of course, see that there are several uh, spirits patrolling 
the area as well. Um, there's probably at least one watcher spirit that's hanging out around here by the loading dock. And there, there are several spirits that look like they're probably spirits of beasts, beast in this shape of, uh, they take the form of these uh, very large black um, wolves that are sort of seem to be tracking and sniffing around. And uh, as your, your little convoy of vehicles pulls into the area and into the loading dock, the, uh, these astral spirits, you know, sort of come to attention and appear to be staring mostly directly at you. Mm. Nightingale is a little antsy about emerging from the van, and then even more so whenever she becomes aware of the uh, wolves and others' presence. Please. I imagine she just try to like give them a little wave. And, is the uh, mind not still them beyond that? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. I'm pretty sure you have to choose to send things over the mind net, though. Yes. This is true. I think uh, I feel like she probably would have told them about the magical security and its sheer, like, you know, level at some point. Yeah. It you want to tell them no well. impressions that the magical security was lacking. <laughs> I think uh you know what you know what she's she's going to try something. You gotta try to be nice to them and say uh hey doggy and just kinda wave <laughs> smile. That's our girl. They're they're watching you. They're not uh they're not in any way overtly aggressive, but they're very attentive. Um they can smell her fear, so to speak, and she uh just kinda shrinks in on herself and uh Gives up on that. The uh, as you guys approach the uh, the group of security people at the door that you passed through the last time, um, there there are literally eight. This is a team of eight people. Um, Grace, you perceive that two of them are are uh, awakened or magically active. Oh yeah. Okay. So Nadia is incredibly magical, like scary magical, and they have magic security out the wazoo including several spirits to whom i do not know they are uh they owe services to that's probably the summation of what she would have told them um and there's also just a lot of mages in that go to samovar in general a lot more than you typically see for being one percent of the population it seems almost like they're like 20 here if uh, if you were only using samovar as a sample size we're all getting out of the cars. You guys are all getting out of the vans and grid guides and off your motorcycles. And uh, Grace has just informed the team that there's several spirits lurking nearby. The uh, security detail by the door looks pretty much the same as when you were here last night. Um, several heavily armed and, and obviously cybered individuals. Um, an elven person who... Must be a shaman of some type, judging by by the uh, the fetishes and sort of their dress. Either that know, or a cosplayer, or maybe a cosplayer. You know, sort of a, an elf. Uh, what are they uh, called? So the, a normal elf, then an elf faker. Elf poser. And uh, a poser. The the woman who's probably a uh, a physical adept, just judging by the the way she moves. And uh, as you walk up to them, they. Don't get in your way. They sort of stand aside. Ice is leading the way. And uh, the door opens. And 
basically the same as I described it last time. There's a, a room, it's an airlock, door closes behind you, you feel the, the pressure change, the other door opens, you follow ice into the hallway and through the curtain. Um, it's probably, let's call it around 8.39 at the moment. Again, you hear the music in the background um, and uh, you know the, you get the smell of, you, the smell of the bar comes through. Grace or Nightingale, you're you're experiencing much the same as last time, although um, <clears throat> this time you you know you're a little bit less nervous about it. You feel yourself passing through the threshold of the magical barriers. Um, the rest of the crew, everybody who's carrying a calm, hears a distinct tone as your calm tells you that it's lost connection to the matrix, and uh, <clears throat> then you enter into the into the environs of the samovar. And just like I described it last time, uh, there's a uh, there's a band playing on the low stage. Um, it looks like uh, some kind of a, a jazz quartet. Um, the there are less people here at the moment, um, but uh, both Prokop and his partner Talia are sitting in the VIP area drinking tea as you enter, and. Uh, Nightingale, you're again immediately struck by the the sense of magic that is coming off of Talia, and also by the fact that the uh, that both Talia and Prokop are auras are heavily masked, um, and interestingly masked in such a way that although you cannot perceive um, you cannot really perceive anything about them astrally, they are. It's masked, it's tuned in such a way that, you know, surface emotions are visible, which seems like an intentional um, effort to uh, to put astrally perceiving people at ease. Mm. And as soon as you guys walk in, Ice is sort of taking the lead and he, he walks right up to Prokop and you can tell he's, uh, he's pissed. He looks furious. And, Who does? And, uh, Ice. Ice does. Ice does. And he's looking at Prokop and he says... You bastard! You knew, you knew what was going to happen. You could have got us all killed. Prokop's looking up at him and says, "Looks over at you guys," and then he sort of waves, you know, motions towards the the chaise lounges around the table with the tea and come, friend, sit. Let's talk. And Ice looks at him. You're no friend of mine, Prokop. I never should have trusted you again. You can tell, Grace. You see that there is definitely. Talia is on edge and that there's there's definitely some magical energies she's summoning. She doesn't look like she's getting ready to do anything, but she's prepared. I think Deandre very pointedly sits down. Cecile sits down in a very obviously confused way with her hands below the table. As to the magic thing, I assume it's kind of like freeing your hands in preparation to either go for your slung rifle or your holstered pistol as opposed to actually reaching for either one, the, and, the gathering mana. Yeah. The runes that you noticed etched into her the skin of her hands and wrists the last time you were here are definitely pulsing and glowing with energy. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell them that it seems like there may be a fight. Like, they're all rather tense. A lot more tense than I would expect. This is over in the mind net? Yeah. So, Boxer and Cecile. Mm-hmm. Boxer's hand, as always, twitch toward, twitches towards her hip. I think, uh... Pick her on her hip. 
Yeah, you can. Why don't you all make a perception check at that point then? Perception? Perception or judge intentions? Uh, I'm going to judge intentions instead of perception. Big iron on her hip. Because I'm way good at judge intentions. I'm slightly better at judge intentions. Are you? Nope. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, so, Cecile, you're still confused. Sorry, Cecile. Cecile's just like, I don't know what's going on. Why is the, the racist guy yelling at the other guy? Um, <laughs> Why does he help have doesn't to usually racist? fight back. Grace so, and... Go ahead. It's so weird for the help to yell. That's that's a very Grace or a very Cecile perspective. Grace and Boxer, you are obviously you can tell that um, Ice is is furious, and uh, you you sense that although Prokop is not you know not responding to that anger, you can tell that the woman next to him, who you didn't really interact with last time, is is keeping an eye on, on, on ice. Um, Deandere, you get a pretty clear picture that ice is not just furious, but feels very deeply betrayed for some reason. And you can t- see that the woman Talia is um, prepared to defend Prokop should ice become physically aggressive towards him. Um, the interesting thing is that they've really sort of they're really sort of just ignoring the rest of you guys coming. Um, Prokop sits down at that point. He just sort of, in a huff, sits down. Then he realizes he was about to sit down next to Deandar and, and goes and sits down next to Cecile. <laughs> wow. He's mad. He's not that mad that he forgets everything. Nightingale, who is, uh, like, physically here, not masked at all, um, save for her uh, practitioner's cap and cloak. Um... Like comes to stand by the table uh, while Ice has his little, you know, tantrum. Says aloud, "Can one of you explain what's going on?" At that point, you feel a a presence on your left shoulder, at your left shoulder, and uh, it's the woman Nadia, who's sort of not actually materialized, but <laughs> appeared so surreptitiously that it's as if she had materialized. And uh, she says in slightly Russian-accented voice, would you like some tea? Sure. She begins pouring tea out of the samovar on the table into the uh, the glass cups with the uh, with the gold, the geometric designs on them. And as she's pouring the tea um, and handing them out, there's sort of an awkward silence. And she looks at Grace and she says, she just hesitates for a second with the teacup sort of asking without asking whether or not it's acceptable to offer it to you. Nightingale just takes it with her magic okay. and uh, is going to claim a seat for herself. Yep, these are some very nice, plush, comfortable chaise lounges, so you can claim one all for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically facing away from the entrance to this area, so that even if someone comes in, they'll only see the back of her head, if anything. Broke up, declines the tea or not Prokop, Ice declines the tea rather pointedly. Nadja just gives the most of imperceptible of shrugs. Does everybody else take some tea? Sure, Cecile takes some tea. Uh, yeah. I already took it, yeah? yeah. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
At that point, Prokop's looking at the round, and Grace, Talia is looking at you. She seems to be looking, sharing her, dividing her attention between yourself and Cecile for some reason. And Prokop takes a sip of his tea, and then he says, okay, let's talk. First of all, he looks at Grace. Um, Grace, or did you re- did you introduce yourself as Grace or Nightingale last time? They called her Nightingale. She tried to use the name Night. Uh, they called her Grace. She tried to use the name Nightingale. So he knows both. Okay. So he looks at. So he says. So let's talk. And then he looks at uh, at you and he says, Ah, thank you for doing us the honor of appearing in person today, Nightingale. Yeah, I- you're uh, you're welcome. I trust that you feel more comfortable. A little bit. Good. Well, Ice, I'm sorry you feel the way that you do. Maybe you would like to explain to the group why you expressed your anger. Ice says, look, Brokop, I'm not interested in these silly games. He looks around at at you guys and says, look, that man that we just met, that whatever he called himself, Jim Ansel, Sergeant Jim Ansel, his name's not Jim Ansel, and... I think Prokop set me up with him. He looks at Prokop. You set, you knew he was going to come for us when we started looking for this girl. You knew that was going to be the outcome. You meant for us to be face-to-face. Prokop just holds up his hands. And says, I didn't know that for, for sure. I didn't think that was going to be the outcome. But tell me, Ice, what happened? And Ice recounts the story of what happened. Uh, I see, says Prokop. Well, you kept your cool, and he didn't recognize you, did he? No. But what would have happened, Prokop, if he had? Would we all have gone down shooting and back on the run? Prokop just shrugs and says, "It's the shadows, Ice. Can I say I needed to get the uh, I needed to get the fox in front of you again? But we're being impolite. We need to explain to our friends what's happening here." Ah, uh, yes, that wasn't meant to be in character. I can't say I'm ecstatic, ecstatic to know that I was put into the position of nearly being in a gunfight without knowing. I forgot, leans back. A couple of things, Ice. I didn't have confirmation that Jim Ansel is who I thought I was. he is. I showed you the picture when I brought you here. I needed to get him in front of you in person to get that confirmation. The man that you guys met this afternoon, this evening, who introduced himself to you as Jim Ansel, his real name is George Van Housen. He used to be a captain with Lone Star back in the 2050s. <laughs> More than a captain of Lone Star, he was also the leader of a vigilante group. (laughs) They were called the Shadow Riders, and their entire mission and mandate was the extermination of shadow runners in Seattle. You're kidding me. Nope. That that is uh, an ambitious goal. I think Deandre would probably be, at this point, looking like she's about to laugh, but is restraining herself. Yeah, they were bad people. Well, Prokop chuckles a little bit. We're all bad people. Their methods and means were exceptionally brutal and savage. And you let us come into contact with that for what exactly? I wasn't confirmed. You knew the risk. I didn't know that Jim Ansel for sure was George Van Housen. But I knew that if he was, Ice would recognize him, especially face to face. So we were your test run? You were... This is a test run still. But my intentions aren't to set you up. 
My intentions is to mold you into a shadow running team. In any case, confirming that this is George Van Housen, he's changed his stripes since the 2050s. I don't, you probably don't know the history. There was a major dust up and the shadow runners, the shadow riders were mostly arrested or killed. Um, other Lone Star operatives came in, cleaned out the corrupt um, officers. George Van Housen went underground just like me and Ice did, but he's apparently found a new identity and a new task with Knight Errant. So the Shadow Riders are gone. That's not something that you concern yourself. But George Van Housen is the man responsible for Ice being on the run for the last 20 years. And he's also responsible for the for setting up Ice's team and getting them killed. I can see why he's upset. Yeah. Kindly let me know in advance when I'll need to prepare body armor. That would be nice. He looks at you and says, well, welcome to the shadows. You should be wearing body armor. Consider oh, yourself gosh. notified. Not mm. everyone wore body armor these days. Seal gives you a look like, what? <laughs> when someone uh, can tell you that you'll be in a, a gunfight, you'll already be in a gunfight. Now... Ice, can we put aside our differences here and continue the mission? So, yes, I haven't been entirely open with, not dishonest, I haven't lied to you, but it maybe a lie through omission, but there is a secondary mission to what you guys are working, what your team is working on right now. We are trying to locate an additional member of Ice's crew that was never confirmed dead after the setup. Mm. Are you trying to retrieve a corpse or... We don't know, but George Van Housen would know. Well, then let's hope they're alive. Live people are easier to find. Yes, but back to the job, back to Mr. Johnson and his love interest. What is your plan? Oh, well, uh, I figured we would sus we would uh, figure out the situation a little more. And then if we don't like the, you know, aesthetic of this cop character, we would just not call him. I don't think that would be wise considering. What's he going to do? Chase me down? Yes. That is exactly what he'll do. Did oh you no, a cop. I think he's a little more than a cop. That's how it almost seems like you haven't ever like dealt with cops outside of like campus police. That's how you act. Do, do, do you not realize that you rescued me from someone who threw a whole ass lightning bolt at your Those car? Those aren't cops! Yeah, and in comparison, I'm not that scared of a fat guy who likes questionable food. The problem with the fat guy is not just the fat guy, it's the people behind him. And I suspect there are many. I don't feel that concerned about 10% more people chasing after. To put it in consideration, we've got the second in hand, or the equivalent to the second in hand of Otis Tiernan on our ears. Oh, I like that one. Because, like, Nightingale, like, raises a hoof and points vaguely at her own ears. <laughs> I think, like, almost reflexively, Dindre reaches up to the ear that has, like, the tip of it cut off and then puts her hand down. Are we touching ears? I she says... Like, turn a phrase. She's gonna follow the crowd and touch her ears. <laughs> so we're gonna... F I think we're gonna have to uh, follow through with our plan and our agreement with... Georgie Porgy Van Housen. That seems like a terrible idea. No. Broke up's right. Well, 
Prokop's not right. You guys haven't agreed to this yet, but George Van Housen's going down. This Mr. Johnson's the bait in the trap. That's that's the real job. That's the real mm-hmm. job. George hey, is the key. What's going on? Is it wet, or do we want to bring him in? He is going to be neutralized in such a way that he will not be a threat. So it's wet. We need him alive. We need answers. I need to know where. I need to know where my friends are. But how do we know that this? Does he need his leg for that? No, he does not need his leg for that. But how do we know this Van Housen is actually going to appear when we call for this Johnson to get arrested? For all we know, he's just going to send some beat cops over. He didn't say that he was going to send beat cops up. He said he was going to make him disappear. Yeah, George isn't going to send some anybody to do his own work for him. You got to hand it to him. He'll get his hands dirty. Reminds me of my drill sergeant back in the 30s. You're the drill sergeant in the police? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was before the Peace Force was the Peace Force. And was more of militia. Oh, Boxer praises her with a new kind of respect. Deandre is old as fuck. Uh, I think uh, I think Tiernan, Sergeant Tiernan, would have killed anyone who tried to even put a knife to our necks if he could. I think that's just how a drill sergeant is eventually. Mm. Yeah, except for this one's a scumbag. Weren't they all? <laughs> no, that's a discussion for later. Not comfortable selling out our first uh, Johnson. He was repulsive. Your first he, Johnson. He also smelled really bad. Splitting hairs. What do you Regardless, think you do that at girl, huh? It's not good to. Mm. Cecile's right, says Mister. Says Prokop. <laughs> Cecile's right. We can't go around getting a reputation for being unreliable. We won't See, get but you don't plan for him to actually get snatched. Correct. He's mm-hmm. bait. But part of our mission would be to keep the bait alive. As so we keep the lure on the line. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is we're only going to get a reputation for bringing the people he doesn't want to have around directly to him and endangering his life. Who I says he's going to tell? Reputation at all. I think nobody's going to know. Again, oh, actually, right I think if we one. tell him that like it's totally normal and he should be proud, he'll buy it. And he'll be proud of himself for doing what he did. Prokop said, this man is not a real Mr. Johnson. Obviously. I mean, he is the Mr. Johnson, but he's not a Mr. Johnson who's going to be able to spread any kind of reputation. And we can have a word with him and impress upon him the importance of maintaining his silence. It's your investment on the line. Indeed. Whatever. As long as the pay's good and this doesn't come back on me, I'll call it even. He chuckles again and looks at the rest of the team a little bit incredulously and sort of says, she still doesn't get it, does she? No. Well, in that case, I will act as the Mr. Johnson for this job, the George Van Housen job. Okay. He looks, so pay, he looks at Ice and he says, I presume, Ice, that you still want to go through with this? And Ice says... There's no way I can't go through with this. Now that I know that he's still alive and he's here in Seattle, only one of us are going to leave alive. All right. Yes. So let's talk pay. Let's get back to uh, out of the personal matters and into the professional matters. This is going to be an extremely difficult and dangerous job, obviously. I think 12000 each. 
I have a strange request. Wait, how much? Twelve. Except for, except for ice. Ice gets nothing. Mm-hmm. I have a strange request. Does it involve Soikaf? No. I'd like you to cut my uh, portion in half, but mm-hmm. assist me in developing a network for my search. Very well. I I don't know, Prokop. A couple thousand extra would set my mind at ease considering how untruthful you were. I do not appreciate being, uh, what's the word, deceived. Were you deceived? You know, I might not see it that way. Cecile, there's Just a saying we have in Karasira. No, it's okay. Uh, call it 15,000 then. Well, Fine I'm by to... me. I just don't want this to become a habit on your end. Uh, I can't promise that, of course, but some jobs require different types of finesse, different levels of finesse, but you should know I'll never uh, actually lie to you in a way that to mean you harm. You could mean me no harm all you wish, but uh, I'll update you on the going rate. Settle for me. He looks at Grace and she you. She looks back. Our fine four-legged friend. Yeah? Did you have any uh, thoughts or concerns regarding the job? Uh, well, um, I've confirmed within, you know, a few inches of reasonable doubt that there aren't mercenaries that want me, but that leaves either Evo or someone else even bigger who have not yet made a move, and I am kind of concerned for my safety. I, my, my cult, I, I don't even have uh, ammunition for my cult. The, the, the magazine I have is unloaded. There's nothing in there. I have it for show. I wasn't expecting things to get as hot as they are now. And honestly, she sniffles. I'm honestly kind of afraid. Um, like, I, I, I don't really know what I can do. Because I can't just go home. Because that would be dangerous. And, you know. I, I'd like a solution for that. A solution for the danger that you are in here? She nods. That's a very big solution that you're looking for. Well, something to stay... Something to stay it so that I can, you know, sleep easy and be a little more... feel a little more secure on the streets. Okay. Well, I know I can get you a magazine and ammunition for your cult. We'll start with the easy things. We'll work our way up. Yeah. Speaking on equipment... If we're planning on bringing him in alive, I need a blade that won't slit his throat when I hit him. Okay. I know that's a strange ask, but... Well, I tell you what, it appears that I'm not going to get much enjoyment anymore out of watching the band, so why don't we head down to the armory? (laughs) Now it's looking. He stands and uh, nods to Talia, and Talia stays seated. All right. Ice, you coming with us? Ice gets up unceremoniously. Yep, I'm along for the ride, I guess. You head, He takes you down um, through a, a door on the other side of the bar, and um, you take a couple of flights of stairs down into the ground. And uh, Cecile, you once again feel yourself passing through, through several mana barriers or wards or some other kind of magical barriers. And uh, 
You can see that there are rooms down here that are used for, well, it looks like some of them are potentially could be prison cells. Others are storerooms. Um, there are rooms filled with machinery. And then you come to a vault, which Prokop opens, and it is indeed an armory. Um, it's uh, very well equipped. Weapons of all sorts and shapes and sizes line the walls. There's body armor. There's does ammunition. It look specialist, or does it look kind of standardized? Like he's equipping a security force with standardized weapons. Uh, it's actually more. It's not standardized. No. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like more personalized or specialist arms. Yes, but not just for one person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this isn't his personal arm armory necessarily. Mm. Prokop immediately goes over to a wall and picks up a uh, a short sword. You can tell that he knows what he's doing with it. Mm. Now, Prokop says, help yourselves. And he looks at uh, Nightingale and he says, grab all the ammo for your colt that you need. Boxster looks oh. like she's died and gone to heaven. <laughs> In the candy store. God. Would I also be allowed to take a long gun? Yeah. The, uh, the weapons are loans. The ammo isn't. That makes sense. Is there even a blade that does stun damage? Because a stun baton is a club, and Deandre is a blade person. Boxers are going to go sniffing around for Ari's alpha. Uh, Cecile grabs whatever, like, she just grabs an assault rifle and puts a scope on. Your choice. And then he he reaches over and and picks up some, uh, picks up an armored vest off of a rack and and hands it to Cecile. Ah, thank you. Thank you for the forewarning. Indeed. Just tell me which uh, gun she picks up. All right, so Boxer's picked up an Ares Alpha. It seems to have been um, customized for somebody whose arms are somewhat shorter than yours, but Mm. you can adjust the stock to make it work for yourself. Is there a Malice? Sorry, a debuff? No. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, the first time you pick it up and put it to your shoulder, it doesn't fit quite right. You start fiddling with the stock and adjusting the stock and, you know, pretty quickly get it adjusted to, to suit yourself. Um, Nightingale is going to want, like, several magazines worth of both, like, less lethal and lethal ammunition. Mm, actually, yeah. Boxer is going to grab mm, a box of pistol, pistol grade. And, uh, sorry, sorry, pistol caliber and rifle caliber, sorry, intermediate rifle caliber, stick and shock. Good choice. Stick and shock, I think, is going to be, uh, an invaluable asset to you on this one, says Prokop. Um, I have stick and shock. I just don't know what to do about my sword. Cecile, you've picked up a a Colt M23. Okay. To you, it looked like it was maybe not as huge and heavy and bulky as some of the other assault rifles. Boxer nods at it. A respectable choice, if a bit basic. Yeah, ice is on another rat at another rack picking up a shotgun. Yeah, she has her ammunition. That's all she really wants. So she's gonna talk to Prokops. So we have established that I will be being paid fifteen hundred new yen. Sorry, fifteen thousand new yen. This is correct. Fifteen thousand new yen. That is correct. I would like an additional amount, but not for me. I'd like it to be donated to a certain street doctor 
I will give you the information to send the money. This is amenable. Done. And uh, uh, she clicks on the info. Boxer. Yes. Tell me, stick and shock or gel for this mission? Uh, honestly, stick both. I'm only taking one mag. You're only taking... <laughs> honestly. This is not like a film. You don't have infinite ammunition. Where am I going to put it? Do you not have a harness? Of course you don't. <sighs> Boxer, I, I, you do understand that I was taken with literally the clothes on my back and without my, like, purse, right? Bring another mag. Tuck it into your waistband if you have to. Boxer, you can you can get Cecile set up and and rigged up. There, you know, there's there's all the gear here. It's not just it's not just oh, okay. the weapons and the ammunition. You can I grab. Oh, yeah, you can do, you can give her a military makeover. Oh no, Cecile knows how. <laughs> right, right. She does. You you watch as she like puts on the vest and gears up. She only takes three mags though. Okay, I haven't seen anything. Frankly, in the, the firefight's still going on after three mags. Yeah, no. Do they have any sporting rifles? Uh, probably not. Hmm. Just a protracted combat. She's over here like, Ugh. I need to pack enough to fight in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I must be prepared. That's why she has like thousands of rounds of me. When she's like, no, we're going to use that. What were you going to say, Dean Deer? The closest thing to what I'm looking for is a stun baton, but Deander can't use a stun baton. Is, is there stun a blade. blade? A stun blade? I haven't seen it in the books. Yeah, I, I have a hard time picturing how that would work. I guess. Um, like inherently a blade is going to do physical damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could only really be a club unless, like, for some reason you wanted to restrict the uh, conductive surface to be, like, only along you could, the edge yeah. of a blade, a dull blade. I guess you could balance. A, like... Although, you haven't considered just taking a training blade with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deandre could take the equivalent of a fencing foil. Uh, Deandre uses saber. She needs a fencing saber. So she's just going to beat this guy over the head with a fencing saber? Beat the ever-loving stuffing out of him. Let's yeah. look. Yeah. Does Arsenal have a... If it's anywhere, it's going to be an Arsenal. I looked in Arsenal, uh, but their melee weapons, there's not much. Yeah, they're for the guns. Guns. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, all of the swords say physical, but if you can get a katana, I see no reason you can't get a Bakken. Bakken? Yeah, I guess I'm going to get a uh, Ares Alpha and ammunition oh. for what you call automatic. Now, I doubt, I doubt Prokop has a fencing foil inside of his armory. Yeah, nope. He doesn't seem like that kind of dude. Time for... Uh, <laughs> there are bladed uh, weapons, but not uh, dull-bladed weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Time for DeAndre to go out and find the one or two fencing shops in all of Auburn or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Deandre just has to go into the, you know, more rich neighborhoods. Too rich yeah. for my blood. I guess. If she was doing that, she'd bring Cecile with her. <laughs> Cecile's just going to be... Actually, no, she shouldn't bring Cecile with her. That's a bad idea. Grenade <laughs> yeah. launcher. The Ares Alpha just goes yeah. with one of those. Just Yeah. How do you think I was launching grenades before? What? I just assumed you had an attachment on the lower nope. Picatinny. No, there's a reason that things are illegal. Let's all get out. 
I knew it was a stretch. I'm just going to find a fencing shop. I'll be back in a bit. 12F. It's uh, it's about 10 p.m. right now. I'm not sure fencing shops are going to be open right now. He's going anyway. I'm telling you, it's a fencing emergency. It is a fencing emergency. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna call the guy until like until we have the uh, the recording, right? It's in shape. Until we we're we're not completely set up yet. Correct, because um, George Van Housen told you that he was going to get you a recording mm-hmm. of Kimmy. So we have at least until tomorrow. So fencing shop tomorrow. Let's go. Well, okay, I'm going to a hotel. I will. Where should I? Is there a bag in here? Uh, you can uh, you can stay here again. Good. I'll just leave this down here. Cecile takes all the stuff off. That's probably wise. Looking very much like somebody took a a press journalist and just like slapped a stuff on them. <laughs> I'm with the press. I have a shotgun. <laughs> Ice has got a shotgun in his hand. He's got his. He's got a short sword. And he also picked up an AK-97. Would they, uh, would they have, like, attachments here? Yeah. Yeah, the place is loaded. The the armory is loaded. Is Cecile still down in the armory? Cecile's probably left. She's like, eh, I've got three mags, that's more than enough. Whatever. Oh, no, it's like midday, isn't it? No, it's, it's, uh, late at night. Okay. Cecile's going to bed. Yeah, you remember your way up to the uh, the rooms, the spare rooms that maybe you can even call it like the barracks rooms upstairs. Um, as you're as you're headed up, um, Talia comes up behind you and says, "Excuse me, Cecile, may I have a word with you?" Cecile pivots around and says, "Sure, what's up?" Let's keep walking. Okay. Um, she follows you to your room and she says, she looks at you very intently for a moment without saying anything. And then she says, who is your patron? My what? Your patron. Like a totem? No. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, she turns around and leaves. He's out. Cecile <laughs> looks confused and closes her door. These are some strange people. <laughs> Don't know what I'm intended to take away from that, but okay. It's late. Shadowrunners are so weird. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knock Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0 meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.